Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. As well as a coach, an ordained minister, a doctor, a musician, and a songwriter. He was very gifted. Unfortunately, at the age of 30, he was diagnosed with a critical heart condition and he was told that he would die. And from this moment on, the scriptures took on new life for Carter and he began to lean on God and he began to lean on the promise of God more than ever. Like so many others, Carter learned to truly rest on God's promises when he was faced with this life-threatening illness. And this song became his personal experience before the throne of God in prayer. And some of the verses in his song include something like this. Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail standing on the promises of God. And because of his great faith in God and in the integrity of God to keep his promises, Carter chose to believe that God would heal him. And God did. He lived for another 49 years with a healthy heart and he became a testimony of God's faithfulness to keep his promises. Can somebody say amen? Friend, I just want to remind you, and those of you that might be watching right now or joining our service on Facebook, I just want to remind you that nothing brings God more pleasure than to know that his children trust him, to know that his children believe him, and know that his children believe that he's faithful to keep his promises to them. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, I want us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Some of you are very, very familiar with this text. Some of you may know it by heart, but just join me. It's going to be on the screen, and let's read it all together out of the New King James Version. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. You ready? Let's read it together. Ready? Read. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Okay, one more time. Now, all of us, ready? For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message is simply this, all of God's promises are Yes. Come on, say it with me, would you, church? All of God's promises are yes. Now, just so that I understand things, I like to look at words. And you know that our New Testament primarily is originally written in Greek, and we have it here in English. But I like to look behind the English words sometimes for a deeper and a further study, just so can I can understand the construct of a word and understand a little bit more about what the original um, meaning of the word implied, okay? So this word promise is the Greek word epangelia, epon, 
Gelia, and it's a compound Greek word, epi, E-P-I, which means upon, and angelos, A-N-G-E-L-O-S. By the way, that's where we get our English word angel or angels. So epingalia is a very specific word, and angelos means messenger, upon and messenger. That's epingalia. So epingalia or promise is an announcement or message that God brings upon someone. And the word references, listen, both what God is promising and the assurance that the promised thing will be done. Epingalia, promise. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through our lives. I want us to look at that in the Amplified Version. Listen to it. For as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes. So through him, we say our amen to the glory of God. How many of you grow up, grew up saying amen in church when you were younger, right? So I didn't grow up in church. Uh, but the church that we went to in our earlier days in California, we were an amening kind of a church, right? So I just kind of got this habit, and you'll have to forgive me because I say it a lot, but I don't intend to say it without any meaning or without any substance. But just this morning, I wanted to clarify this word amen, just in case you may not necessarily know what it means or you might just think, oh, well, that's something we say when you say something that you think is good, Pastor Robert. We just say amen. But it's much deeper than that. So when it says we say our amen, there's substance to that. And this word amen literally means so it is. Or so be it. Or may it be fulfilled. You get it? So when you hear something of God or you hear something that hits your spirit or you hear something that you agree with or you hear something that you'd like to, to have God bring to pass in your life. So we put our amen on it. So be it, right? So it is. May it be fulfilled. And I found something else out. It was a custom that passed over from the synagogues to the Christian assemblies. So the synagogues were the Hebrews and they, they practiced their Jewish faith. And it carried over to the Christian assemblies that when someone read something or offered up a prayer to God, listen, the others responded, amen, indicating that what was said was being made their own. Amen. I agree with what you're saying, and I'm making that my own. The word amen has been called one of the best known words in human speech. And the word is directly related, in fact, almost identical to the Hebrew word for believe in the Old Testament, which is aman, aman, A-M-A-N. And that means faithful. Thus, amen or aman, it came to mean sure or truly an expression of absolute trust 
and confidence. So when we're saying amen, we're not just trying to fill space. We're not just trying to make the pastor feel good. We're saying that because we agree with what's being said and we're, we're pulling it in as our own and we believe it. It's true. It's faithful. So I'm receiving it as such. One of the most famous places in the scripture that the word believe, Hebrew word aman, is used is in 2 Chronicles 20.20. 20. I want to share it with you. So they rose early in the morning, God's people, and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat, the king, stood and said to all the people, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe, Amon, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe, Amon, his prophets, and you shall prosper. And this word believe means to be firm, to be stable, to be established, firmly persuaded, to believe solidly. All of this is, is, is infused in this word, amen. And the reason that we can have this absolute trust and this absolute confidence in the promises of God being yes and amen is because of our blood covenant through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? When we're confident in our blood covenant relationship through Jesus Christ, it does something in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we add our amen to what God has finished in the work of Jesus Christ. It's such a powerful thing when we bring our agreement into uh, active working with what Jesus has done through the finished work of the cross and his death and his burial and his resurrection. I want us to be reminded about Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14. It says, Christ has, past tense, redeemed us from the curse of the law. Redeem means he purchased us back, like our kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer in the Bible is, is, a, is, an, is, a, is a living relative who had the power and the means and the willingness and, and the ability and the love and the care to, to purchase someone who, who, who didn't have the ability to be free on his own, who didn't have the substance to, to free himself. And Jesus is referenced as our kinsman redeemer. He purchased us. He bought us back from darkness, from, from the kingdom of darkness, from, from Satan. He brought us back into his love. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The tree is symbolic of the cross of Jesus Christ that he hung from. Verse 14. Why? Why did he do this? Notice this. That the blessing, say blessing, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's you and I, non-Jewish uh, uh, race, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, why? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Three things I want you to recognize about your life. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. You have the blessing of Abraham. 
You have the promised spirit. I want us to say this. Come on, say it with me. Number one, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, I just touched on it last week, but I challenge you. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and read about the blessings and the curses. There's a lot of curses that we've been redeemed from. Amen. Through Jesus Christ. Bottom line, to be cursed is to live without God, to have no hope in the world without God, to not be in a relationship with Jesus, sickness, poverty, disease, to just be a nomad out there without any connection to God whatsoever. That's a curse. Amen. And you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Number two, let's say it together. Come on, say it with me. I have the blessing of Abraham. You have it. Now, it's not on a screen, and I didn't put it in my notes, but I'm thinking about Genesis chapter 12. If you're a fast flipper or a fast swiper on your app, just go to Genesis chapter 12 real quick, because I want you to see the starting point from which that comes from. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So the very first thing that God comes to Abram and he says, listen, I want you to separate yourselves from the world, from uh, ungodly influences. Yes, I'm even asking you to step away from your family. I want you to trust me. I want you to get out in faith with me. I want to take you to a land that you know not of. Verse two, he says, I will make you a great nation. He was prophetically declaring a promise over Abraham's life. From you, there's going to come this great nation. All the way to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, Jesus, and you and I are part of that great nation. It goes on and it says, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Notice the blessing isn't just for Abraham. Can you say amen? God says, I will bless you. I will make your name great, well-known. You're going to have a good name, and you're going to be a blessing. Through you, people will be blessed. He goes on and he says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a prophetic statement. That's a prophetic promise talking about the seed, capital S, Jesus. And you and I are part of that. We're seeds we're the seed of Abraham. It's all over the Bible. So this is what this is referring to in Galatians 3.13. The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. This is important, friend. I want you to know that when we're talking about the promises of God, you don't have to wonder if it's God's will to extend His promises to you. You don't have to wonder if it's God's will to extend his love, his mercy, his favor, his healing, his restoration, and his life to the full to you. Just think about it. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Such a powerful psalm. Did you know, a little bit of investigation, you'll find out that the most often read psalm is not Psalm 23. It's not even Psalm 91. It's Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives 
all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Did you know that eagles molt? Do you know what molting is? Molting is a process of casting off its old feathers and growing new ones and thereby gaining a new lease on life as an eagle. And God is helping us to understand that his power and his blessings give us newness of life if we just turn to him and look to him. He satisfies your mouth with good things. That's prophetic. Jesus said, you have no part of me if you don't eat my flesh. You have no part of me if you don't drink my blood. I want to encourage you, feed on Jesus. Feed on his word. Feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his promises. This is such a beautiful psalm. Let's look at it a little closer. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not. Forget not. You know what that implies? That implies that no matter what you might be going through right now, Facebook friends, family, no matter what you might be going through right now, stop and forget not. Look back on your life. If God's done it before, he can do it again. God has been faithful. He'll continue to be faithful. He brought you through it. He'll take you through it. Be mindful of the blessings and the faithfulness and and the things that God has done for you in the past. Bring active remembrance to God's faithfulness. Forget not. That's intentional. It's not just happenstance. You pause and you think. We can remember so many things that we went through. When we didn't know how we were going to get through it. But we looked to God. And God brought us through. Amen. Sometimes when you're going through stuff and you're gleaning the promises of God, you have to stop and you have to forget not. And you have to remember God was faithful. I can depend on him to be faithful still today. Notice he says, forget not all his benefits. Now, I just want to tell you, this word benefits is way, way, way better than any benefit packet that you might get from any company that you could ever work for. Can I get an amen to that? Okay. Now, this word benefits, I looked it up. It's the Hebrew word gemul, gemul. It's kind of a strange word, but it's a powerful word. And gemul means to be compensated. It means recompense, recompense or reward. It means to give something to someone in way of compensation. It doesn't mean God's going to fill your bank account. That's not what it means. It means what it means. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. There's benefits for seeking after God, for being in covenant relationship with God. He says, man, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. I think sometimes we forget. In God, he not only releases us from the things that we've done, not just the sin, but the the perverted uh, spiritual bent that we're born with. That's what iniquities means. This innate uh, spiritual bent to, to live away from God's will and apart from God's goodness and immoral and ungodly. We're all born with that. 
And this says he forgives all that. He not only forgives it, but in Christ he forgets it. Amen? That's something God can't do. He can't remember your sin. Because when he sees Jesus, he sees purity. He sees forgiveness. He sees the blood. He forgives all your iniquities. Look at this. He heals all your diseases. Now that word heals, I looked it up. It's the word for doctor, Rafa. It means to mend. It means to cure. It means to bring back to health. Thank God for physical doctors. But we have the ultimate great physician. What, what, what might you be going through today, friend? What kind of a bad report did you get from your doctor? Listen, there's hope in Jesus. He heals all of our diseases. Come on, stir yourself up. Begin to lean on the promises of God. There's nothing impossible for God. Oh, well, Pastor Robert, I don't know. That's the problem. You got to get over here in faith. Come on, get over here in faith territory. Amen? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says, he will have whatever he says. Jesus said that. Have faith in God. He heals all your... Look at verse 4. It says, who redeems your life from destruction. That's what we read about in Galatians chapter 3. He redeemed your life from destruction. That word destruction doesn't mean just a bad day. That means ultimately the grave. It means death. It means eternal separation from God. He redeems your life from destruction. Notice this. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, there's so much depth in there, friend. I don't have time to go into it today, but it's not just a crown on your head. It's talking about surrounding your life, surrounding your family, surrounding your business, surrounding everything about you surrounding you with loving kindness. We don't understand that word. That's covenant language. We're going to talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. But this word loving kindness is the Hebrew word chesed, H-E-S-E-D. And it means loyalty. It means loyal love. It means forever faithfulness. He's always thinking about you and how he can bring you good. Loving kindness and tender mercies. Tender mercies. This word mercy, it's the Hebrew word for womb. Like a mother would nurture and begin to care for the baby that she's carrying in her womb. So father does nurture and care for you with loving kindness and tender mercies. It's another translation is the word compassion. Five of the miracles I believe that Jesus did in the New Testament, he did them because of his compassion. It says that he looked at all the people and he said he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd die, friends. It's the compassionate love of God that is available to you as a promise through the covenant relationship you have with Jesus. If you're not familiar with this psalm, familiarize yourself with this psalm. It's so powerful. Now, I want to bring our attention back to 2 Corinthians 1.20, just so we don't miss this. It doesn't say 
all the promises of God are yes and amen. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. So friend, are you in him? That's the first key to unlocking all the doors of blessing in your life. Are you in him? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Those of you who might be watching on Facebook this morning, let me ask you. Are you in him? Is he in you? I'm not asking you if you were raised in church. I'm not asking you if you believe in Jesus. I'm asking you if you have made him the Lord and the Savior of your life. See, when we do that, he's in us. When we do that, we're in him. And when that happens, all of the promises in Jesus belong to us. Amen? So this is relational. This is covenant. This isn't available for a religious person who's just giving lip service. I don't mean that in a condemning way. I mean that in a loving way. But we got a lot of people who say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. And then they live their life. No, Jesus. No, Jesus. No, Jesus. And it's contrary to what they're saying. Can I just tell you, God is after the heart, not after the words. Don't say a word. Can people tell that you're in covenant relationship with Jesus? If you were put on the stand and accused of being a follower of Jesus, would there be enough evidence against you to be found guilty? It's sad, friend. I know a lot of professing Christians, I'm not being judgmental, but we are instructed to be fruit inspectors sometimes. I see a lot of people and I hear a lot of people, but I know if they were put on a stand and accused of being a follower of Jesus, there would hardly be any evidence to find them convicted and guilty. And God is looking for people who will follow them with their whole heart. Amen. Nobody's perfect, but it's got to be more than lip service. Amen? I'm preaching to the choir right now because you're here, and you're leaning in, and you're with me. Amen? Now, Pastor Robert, okay, all of the promises of God in him are yes, and, and in him, amen. That's a great scripture, but how do I experience more of God's promises in my life? It's a good question, friend. First thing you got to know is you got to know the difference between general promises and specific promises. General promises, right, Billy? And specific promises. Listen, a general promise is a promise given by God to every believer in every age. No limitations on recipients and no limitations on time. For example... This is a general promise, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Here's the promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through, notice the covenant relationship. You can't get away from the promises and covenant relationship. Christ Jesus. Amen. That's a general promise. 
that wasn't just for the people that it was written to back then and there. It's for you here and now. That's a general promise. So if you want to experience more of the promises of God, you got to know which are general promises and which are specific promises. Here's another general promise. I think Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding This is how I think I should live. This is how I think life should go. This is how I think it should happen. No, no, no. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Give him some space. Invite him into the picture. Ask his opinion. What does his word say? In all your ways, acknowledge him. Here's a promise. And he will direct your paths. Amen? That's a general promise. Not limited to time. Not limited to people. A specific promise is made to specific people on specific occasions. For example, 1 Kings 9.5 says, God is speaking, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. Can I just say, that's not for you. Amen? It's not for you. And if you read the context and you read the verses before that verse and the verses after that verse, you'll discover this was specifically to King Solomon. Okay? So that's a specific promise. So you can't say the Bible says that God's going to make me a royal throne over you. No, no, no. You're taking promises out of context. That was a specific promise for a specific person in a specific time and space. Amen. General and specific. Here's something that we need to know if we want to experience more of God's promises. While a spe- this is important. Listen. While a specific promise is not made to all believers generally, the Holy Spirit can use a specific promise to guide or encourage any of God's people today. Can you say amen? And God has done that over and over and over in my life. I don't have time to go through all of the times that he's done that. But he'll do the. This is why we will forever encourage you at Lakeshore. Read your Bible. Because the more you become familiar with general promises the more apt you're, you're going to have to lean in and listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll take a general promise, and then he'll customize it for you, and he'll make it a specific promise that will fit you, your need, your circumstance, your situation for today. Can you say amen? But if you don't know the promises, by the way, this is why we have God's promises for your every need, the little book. They're in the back, paperback book. If you don't mind paperback, right? Some of us are old school. We love paperback books. Amen. I'm never going to be a Kindle guy. I'm just not. (laughs) So get a book. They're five bucks. We bought them for five bucks. We're not trying to make money. We'll let you have for five bucks. If you say, Pastor Robert, I don't have five bucks. I've never seen five bucks. I'll probably never have five bucks. Take the book anyways. We want to get the promises in your hands. So God could take a specific promise. And he'll use it to encourage and strengthen and give you faith. For example, for example, in Isaiah 54.10, it was written for Israel and Israel in mind. But the Holy Spirit has used these words to strengthen many believers today. This is what it says in Isaiah 54.10. God speaking. 
my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. That was for Israel, specific promise. But how many of you believe God can take a specific promise for specific people and use it in your life today and bring you strength and faith and encouragement and hope and power? All the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. This is why it's so helpful to become familiar with God's promises. He can bring a general promise to your heart and he can make it a specific word of promise by the power of the spirit for your situation. Amen. Now, I just want to give you three guiding principles that will help you in trying to determine what promises might be for you and and what you can expect when God shares promises with you for your life uh, specific. There's three guiding principles. I've known these to be true. I believe they're biblical. They've helped me, and I think that they will help you. Number one, God's promises are sometimes conditional. Conditional. For example, Hebrews 10.36 puts it this way. For you have need of endurance, listen to me, so that after you have done the will of God, you may obtain the promise. Okay? So sometimes God will whisper a promise to your heart, and with that promise comes conditions. And it begin to work on us. Can you say amen? Like an artisan. Like the potter. And the clay, they begin to shape and they begin to mold and they begin to adjust and they begin to show you what, what he needs for you to begin to do so that that promise can come to fruition in your life. Just because he, he speaks a prophetic promise, it doesn't mean it's guaranteed. It's yes in Jesus. It's yes in his heart. But sometimes those come with conditions. Are you understanding me, church? Okay? You have kids. You understand what I mean. Right? We're going to go to Disney World. I've never been to Disney World. I've been to Disneyland. I don't think we'd want to afford Disney World. I heard it's very, very expensive. When you take a family of five to Disney World, you have to get a small mortgage or something, man. It's thousands of dollars, I heard. I'm just not that excited about rides anymore. But if you can go and you can afford it, praise God, man. Put me in your suitcase next time, maybe. But listen, I heard it's great. It's fun, all of that. But but when when you tell your kids, hey, we're going to go. But here's a condition, okay? For the next week, I need you to get up and make your bed, right? I'm promising you we're going to go, but you got to be a good bed maker. Well, sometimes God will show you a promise but, but, but he's going to show you that he wants you to be a good bed maker. For example, you want a wife. Hypothetically speaking, you want a wife. Are you ready for a wife? You want a husband. Are you ready? Are you getting ready for a husband? Oh, I'm ready. I, I'm desperately seeking a husband. Maybe that's the problem. You need to be desperately seeking Jesus. Because if you're desperately seeking Jesus, he'll ready you for the husband. You don't need to seek the husband. He'll bring you the husband. So some promises 
Uh, they're just conditional. Second guiding principle that I think is important. God's promises are designed in part to help us submit to his will and trust him. Submit to his will and trust him. I've shared this many times. I won't go into detail, but when we were in insurmountable amount of debt and it seemed absolutely impossible to get out and we had no clue how to budget finances, God made some promises to us but we had to submit to his way of handling money and we had to trust him. So sometimes his promises are used in part to help us submit to his will, submit, come under his loving care, his will and trust him. Number three, we can't presume to know when, where, or how God's promises will be fulfilled in our lives. Amen, church going to trust him. So those are three guiding principles. Here's the last thing I want to emphasize. You got to know this. When it says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law in Galatians 3, and it says that we're going to have the promised spirit that was promised to Abraham, and that would be a blessing to our life. I want you to be reminded this morning that God and Jesus have sent you the Holy Spirit in part to help you recognize and receive the promises that God has for you. See, Jesus is not here physically. He's at the right hand of the Father, sitting down there. But they sent the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and He lives in you. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to open your spiritual eyes to the promises that God has for you, so that you can recognize them, and so that you can begin to step and receive them. Look at John chapter 16, verse 17. Excuse me, John 16 and 7 and 13 and 15. We're going to read it and then we'll, we'll close. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Now put yourself in their shoes. They'd been with him for what, three years or so, three and a half years. And he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. You got to understand that that didn't even compute for them. They thought they had it made. They had Jesus right there, right? That, how could it get better than that? To your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. The helper or the advocate, paraclete, the one called to your side to help you live to me and for me and through me. The helper will not come to you. But if I depart, listen, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit's not just a power or a force. He's a person. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he, listen, he will guide you into all truth. See, God's promises for your life are truth. They're yes, and in him, amen. And one of the things the Holy Spirit will do, he'll guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, forever connected. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. They're in unison, inseparable, perfect, seamless, divine. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit will tell you things to come, things that he wants to do. He'll give you prophetic snapshots. I know that's what happened to my wife before she even met me. The Holy Spirit showed her this handsome young man. 
You're going to meet this handsome young man at your, at your mom's real estate office. His name's going to be Robert, and he's going to sweep you off your feet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he'll do things like that. He'll, he'll speak to you. He'll t- he's told me about some things to come. And he'll do that to you, too, if you get to know him. It's part of your relationship, your covenant relationship with Jesus. Listen to this. This is so powerful. He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me. If you want to glorify Jesus, get to know the Holy Spirit. For he will take of what is mine, listen, and declare it to you. And declare it to you. What does that mean? To remind you. To speak it to you. To share it with you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. This text speaks of the Holy Spirit as God's messenger. And he's been specifically sent to help you and to guide you in truth and lead you. And to show you the promises of God. And to help you to receive them for yourself. And to begin to align your life in such a way where you can begin to step into them. And experience the promises of God. General promises. Specific promises. God has promises for you. Okay, Pastor Robert. What should I do? It's a good question. Here's some homework. You ready for some homework? And when we come back next Sunday. Those of you who have successfully done your homework. I'm going to have you stand up and recite your homework. Amen. No, I'm just kidding because none of you are here. <laughs> Only a couple of you would be here. I'm totally just kidding you, okay? We're not going to do that. But here's your homework, okay? Memorize 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Right, Matthew? Memorize it. Memorize it. You mean like without reading it? Yes. Without reading it, memorize it, read it, meditate on it, pull it in, pull it in deep in your heart, and then put your Bible down or your Bible app and just memorize it and chew on it. That's called meditating on the word. Meditating on the word. You're getting it deep in your spirit. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. To the glory of God through us. You can do it. Amen. Memorize. 2 Corinthians 1.20. Here's the second part. Read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 6 or so, whatever we went through this morning. You don't have to memorize that one, but read it. Become familiar with it. Pull it in the inside of you. Here's the second part of your homework. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you a promise that God has for your life. This will take some time. This is not a drive-through time with God. It's not Burger King, right? What's the slogan of Burger King? Anybody know it? Have it your way. This is, this is not Burger King, okay? You'll have to invest some time with the Lord. Get with him. He's a person and ask him to show you. Here's the third and final thing. Begin to stand on the promise. Begin to stand on the promise. Why? For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. To the glory of God through our lives. Have you been blessed by the word today, church? Come on, stand to your feet and let's pray and close. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the ultimate promise of Jesus. You promised Jesus from the moment we messed up 
in Genesis chapter 3, you prophetically declared that there would be a seed, capital S, that would rule and reign and be a blessing to all humanity. That seed was Jesus. So we open our hearts this morning wide to Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for revealing promises to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to receive them by faith and then help us to stand on them unwaveringly. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.